Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier. We've got our Week 5 DFS show today, and we have the perfect guest for it. It's Joe Holka, and you can find him on Twitter at his name, Joe Holka. He has a lot of stuff going on, so he's on YouTube. I know you're not supposed to tell people what you were talking about before the show, but whatever, you guys can know. So I was talking before the show about how great his video content was and asking if he was the one doing it. And yeah, he's putting it on. It is awesome stuff at youtube.com slash Joe Holka and instagram.com slash Joe Holka. Joe, do you want to tell them a little bit about the kind of stuff that you're doing on those channels? Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, More or less just trying to do content on every platform. So everything's a little bit different, Uh, doing some stuff exclusive to Instagram these days and then doing all my live content over on Twitch and then trying to do some more educational type uh, courses on YouTube just to try and teach people to get better at DFS, not just give away picks every week. So hopefully I've been accomplishing that. But uh, yeah, just trying to be versatile, you know, just do videos everywhere and see, uh, see all the different audiences we can kind of collaborate with. So one of the things that I love about Joe's work is that a lot of these guys who we talk to in DFS and who are giving out DFS advice, like Tags and I, we're focusing a lot on season-long leagues, and some of that can carry over to DFS. Joe focuses exclusively on DFS, and he kills it every week, so I'm looking forward to, to picking his uh, his brain. Tags, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Uh, we're recording this show before my fasting window opens, so I'm like, I'm, I'm usually hungry around this time, but I'm even more hungry today because my wife, she went out and she got me, like, she knows, like, my favorite smell is like a, you know, a vanilla cupcake or like a, a you know, the Funfetti cake. Your favorite smell? Oh, that smell of that is fantastic. Um, So she went out and got me this candle warmer and put it downstairs in my office. And it smells fantastic, but it's making me even more hungry. Man, so I did a live stream today where I was talking uh, Start Sit. And I got through all my rankings and everything. And right as I I was about to answer Q&A, my mic just completely cut out. And uh, people were telling me, but I wasn't paying any. I was like looking at the comments at the top going on down. So I was just talking to myself for a while. So uh, I was thinking I was going to eat some pizza after that, but I was trying to figure out the issue. And so I've got a pizza sitting right next to me right now. And it's going to bother me this whole podcast. That's uh, I'm jealous of you. You enjoy both. You guys have like teenage bodies. So just don't even talk to me about it. Just let's hey, I'm in the same boat as you tags. I do the intermittent fasting as well. So I'm actually going to go have a nice lunch after this as well. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. Nice. Well, sorry for talking about pizza, guys. Terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I am not doing that. In fact, I had donuts for breakfast today, too. So I'm feeling pretty <laughs> good about myself. And uh, hopefully I can feel good about my lineup as well. I actually love my lineup right now, but I'm willing to be flexible as we get more information throughout the week. And, and by the way, before we get into it, I want to tell you about a new podcast we have. You'll recognize the host because he comes on the Sunday Night Fantasy Pros Football Podcast as the co-host with Tags. It's Dan Harris, and he's doing a Betting Pros Podcast. You can check it out at bettingpros.com slash podcast. So basically, this is what it is. The podcast is 100% dedicated to covering the NFL, and each week we have top sports betting guests join us to analyze the lines for each game and break down their favorite bets. If you guys go to bettingpros.com slash podcast, you can check out our best bets for week five episode. Again, that's Dan Harris hosting that, and it's bettingpros.com slash podcast. Guys, let's just dive right into it. We're talking about the main slate today, primarily cash games, FanDuel, and DraftKings. At the end, we'll touch on GPP as well, but let's start at the running back position. And uh, Joe, I know you like to spend up on running backs and just go with the safest guys. Do you have a couple guys in mind this week? I do. And and yeah, just to give people a little bit of a background, I, I don't play a ton of cash games, but I do play small field GPPs. So what more or less, I'm, I'm not trying to beat a ton of people anyway. So I tend to skew towards what I think are more of the optimal and best plays anyway, and just do kind of a little bit of a correlation tweak or maybe a leverage play there for 
for the tournament aspect but typically at running back like you said i'm paying up for that type of volume i'm paying up for for some of these guys um that we can kind of count on their workload through the air and on the ground as well so um might as well get like started off at the top guys christian mccaffrey it, it's kind of crazy actually in the tournament that i play every week the 1500 on DraftKings, he was 25 percent owned which seems just egregious to me the guy touched the ball 37 times uh, so i'm not scared to really go back to him even against jacksonville i don't really put a ton of weight into matchups uh, like I think a lot of people do uh, with Christian McCaffrey 9100 I think that if you're starting your cash games with him every single week you're probably doing all right yeah and the best thing about Christian McCaffrey's game script doesn't matter if they're playing from ahead he's going to get 27 carries if they're playing from behind he's going to get 10 receptions and then you had last week where he got both of those 27 carries and 10 receptions tags do you like Christian McCaffrey this week in cash games I have other um, options that I'm going to pay up at running back this week for sure, but I'm not using McCaffrey and I'm probably, I'll probably end up regretting that. Like you need, so you're going with Zeke and Dalvin cook. You, well, no, you need Zeke. That's, that's one I'm playing Zeke, but outside of that, David Johnson is like the guy that I have to lock into lineups this week, but McCaffrey, the, the reason I'm worried about him, I think he is a safe cash play. I'll, I will say that, but they're making you pay for it. And so in order to essentially live up to his price that he is, he has to score. I mean, what are we looking at? Like 25 PPR points roughly. And I gone, I went through like Jacksonville over the last 20 games. There's been one running back against them. That's finished better than the RB 10 uh, and scored more than 20 PPR points. That was Derek Henry in that Thursday night game where it's remember he scored four touchdowns. It was like legitimately they, they just didn't show up for that game on Thursday night. Well, yeah, they were all fighting with the coach and everyone was like, I'm getting traded this off season and nobody tried. Right. And so, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this. Um, if Jalen Ramsey doesn't play, obviously the defense, uh, is going to lack in the passing game. They're going to allow a lot more than they usually do. Again, I don't dislike McCaffrey. I don't, I, I, I like him more in cash than I do in tournaments. Um, but in cash, I'm definitely just going to go over to Ezekiel Elliott just because you're, you're paying a little bit less money and you have a matchup with the Packers that, I mean, have been gashed. We, we just watched Jordan Howard score three touchdowns against them last week. He's not a very versatile running back. And, you know, to catch three passes in that game, one of them for a touchdown, going into Green Bay and doing that now, you know, with, with Dallas coming back home, with Zeke, they need, to, they need to get a win. And knowing that Tyron Smith is out for Dak Prescott, they need to run the football. Uh, I think Zeke is, is locked in for nearly as many touches as McCaffrey in a better matchup. But doesn't Tyron Smith make you a little bit nervous about Ezekiel Elliott too? I mean, Joe, what do you think? Do you prefer Ezekiel Elliott or Dalvin Cook this week? Because I'm leaning Dalvin Cook. I will say with, with uh, Ezekiel Elliott, kind of my uh, struggle with him lately is that he hasn't been using the passing, passing game as much. But last week, he did see seven targets. So hopefully we've kind of turned that kind of card on Ezekiel Elliott and that we'll see him kind of skew back towards what we saw last year from him in the passing game. Definitely think he's in play, 8,300, like, I agree that the matchup is a lot tougher for Christian McCaffrey, but it's really not that hard to get up there. And I feel safer about his involvement in the passing game. Like you said, he's he's kind of game script independent. But Dalvin Cook at, at 8,400, I think that he's going to be popular against this Giants team for sure. It's really hard to argue with the volume that he's seen this year. Typically, it's, it's just all Minnesota wants to do is run the ball, right? So I will say that I don't really put Dalvin Cook in that elite tier of guys that are game script independent because there's just not enough pass attempts to go around anyway. Like he's getting all those dump offs. Those are great. I, I guess I prefer these guys that are being schemed targets. And, and I, I actually think that targets and touches in general, there's, there's quality touches, right? So someone like Alvin Kamara kind of comes to mind to me that he's being schemed the ball in different ways. And I do think that he's going to see those more valuable touches. So I think you can definitely put guys like Christian McCaffrey in that range as well. But um, I'm struggling a little bit with the Dalvin Cook and Zeke uh, tier this week because I think there's some better options kind of a little bit cheaper that could easily touch the ball just as many times. 
Interesting. So I'm really excited to hear who those guys are because I was looking at it and I'm thinking there's five really good plays this week. McCaffrey, Kamara against Tampa, Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, David Johnson. And I don't really know who else I would consider playing besides that. So who do you have, Joe? Does no one want to play Leonard Fournette? I, I don't know. I just oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's Car- Carolina. Andy's uh, he's a little bit risky. Yeah, I just I, like I said, I, I don't really care a ton about about matchups, I, especially at the running back positions. It's more about touches, right? So sixty four hundred, like I guess I don't know. People don't want to play this guy, but like talking about game script independent, like people still don't talk enough about how involved Fournette's been in the passing game this year. Like last week was kind of an outlier, uh, three targets, but the weeks before, eight targets, six targets, six targets. So. I still think that Fortnite is drastically underpriced at 6,400. I, I played him last week, got him around 5% in in my tournament. So um, I'm, I'm interested in him. I love Tags' call about David Johnson. Definitely on him. Uh, FanDuel in particular, he's really cheap. He's only 6,800 over on FanDuel. So he's almost a lock in cash games over there, I think. But if you're looking to kind of pivot off of someone else that I think will be really popular, David Montgomery, I think Fournette, if you spend up a little bit, um, is someone that we could project for at least a similar uh, kind of load to some of these other elite guys that we're talking about. So our model in Fantasy Pros, which takes into account consensus projections, the salary and everything like that, it says that Leonard Fournette is the best value on DraftKings this week. He's the 10th most expensive running back on the main slate. We project him to be the sixth best running back in the slate. Um, now, you know, because of the ups and downs we've seen with him, it does make me a little bit nervous, but he's a great value. On FanDuel, it's not as extreme. He's the third best value behind uh, Ezekiel Elliott, and David Johnson is a very far and away first place. He's my definite lock of the week at the running back position going up against Cincinnati. Tags, is Johnson your favorite play as well, and what do you think about Fournette? Johnson's going to be in like a ton of lineups for me. Like, There's enough concern about Zeke where I won't have like 100% exposure or anything like that, but David Johnson's going to smash. Like, uh, The Bengals can't tackle. Like, Legitimately, their safeties, their, their linebackers are terrible. Um, that team is going to be competing with Miami Dolphins to for that number one pick, uh, the tank for two situation. It's just the defense I, I mean did nobody watch the game against the Steelers on Mon- on Sunday night I mean <laughs> if you watch that game you understand exactly what I'm talking about and they've been doing it all year it's against the 49ers you can go back to that 49ers game that they played that's what I was thinking where Mostert and Jeff Wilson ran for 240 yards it's bad it's like really bad and it might just be the best matchup for running backs in the entire league I mean I don't know if it's better than Miami uh Cincinnati can put up points on their opponent and Arizona's defense is bad enough where it's like you know they can go back and forth but fortunately David Johnson's involved in the passing game and and Bruce Arians has been talking about using him as a slot receiver with Christian Kirk out so I mean he's like a former wide receiver David Johnson's like he's one of those guys that have zero concerns about this week and that's why he's like a lock you know, by the way, you look at what he's done this season. It's been fine, but he did it against Detroit. Top five defense in the NFL. Baltimore, top five defense in the NFL. Carolina, top five defense in the NFL. And Seattle, who has a really good running defense as well. So he moves from that to Cincinnati this week. I can't wait. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a smash spot for him for sure. All right, we're going to keep moving with running backs here in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Guys, the fantasy football season is well underway In this season, there are more ways to win than ever because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. This weekend, only FanDuel is offering all new users one free entry into their Sunday Million Dollar Contest. Normally, it's a $9 entry. With $3 million in total prizes and a million dollars going to first place, FanDuel Sunday Million Contest is one of the biggest contests in the industry. It's as easy as signing up, editing your free entry, and winning. And by the way, if you've never played FanDuel before, that's great because new users get $20 in site credit if they deposit $20. 
And also, if you're a Saquon Barkley owner or you had Tyreek Hill, all these guys who completely just were disaster draft picks in season-long leagues, it's a lot different when you're playing Daily Fantasy because it's only one week. If your star running back gets hurt, so what? You draft a new team every single week. It's more flexible. Injuries and busts don't ruin your season. And plus, you've got a chance to win millions of dollars. You can sign up for FanDuel now and get a free ticket to the Sunday Million and $20 in total bonus. Just make your first deposit to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Just go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyPros or download the FanDuel app. And by the way, if you're a new user at FanDuel, it's really great because you're going to get six months of Fantasy Pros Hall of Fame premium package. That's our highest premium package, a $65 value. Again, for six months, you're going to get it if you deposit $10 to FanDuel. You can check that out at FantasyPros.com slash offers. Tags, I wanted to get your uh, your two cents on David Montgomery because I agree. If I was going down to spend cheap on a running back, it would be David Montgomery for me against Oakland. He's been getting the vast majority of the snaps, vast majority of the touches. It's going to be a, a likely a positive game script against Oakland, who doesn't have a very good defense as well. I mean, I'm saving some money at running back. Uh, so, I mean, Oakland's run defense has been really good through the first four weeks. But uh, the reason that I do expect it to take a step back is because Vontae's perfect is going to be suspended. He's not going to play in this game. He's not going to play, hopefully, in the NFL ever again. So, I do like David Montgomery. The issue is it's like 5200 It's like, okay, that's that's a solid price. But I, I'm with Joe here. I, I would rather go up to Fournette at 6400 I think I could find the, the wide receivers and the tight ends, uh, even quarterbacks, like cheaper so that I can fit some of these bigger name running backs in my lineup. I just don't feel the need to go down that cheap and if you if you right let's say that you do want to spend up a wide receiver and you need a cheap running back you might have to go cheaper than that and I think you can go down to I don't I mean it sounds bad but it's like Chris Thompson at 4600 I mean Adrian Peterson's not going to be touching the ball against the New England Patriots Thompson's going to see eight to ten targets in that game he'll see a couple carries but knowing the quarterback situation what it is Chris Thompson is he's kind of like a safe floor but again I'm not playing those guys in cash I'm just like if you're looking for someone cheap Joe is there someone that you know let's say that's sub 5k that if someone wants to throw money at you know a tight end or they want to uh, pay for the big name wide receivers what running backs are you looking for in the cheaper range yeah you hit the nail on the head I I almost never pay all the way down at running back or even past that because you you rarely get a guy that's going to see the ball enough I, I just think the opportunity cost at running back is something you have to be cognizant of in dfs in particular if i was to pay all the way down i don't know it's, it's like you're all the way down to like the carlos hyde range at 4300 just based on touches maybe I, I don't know he's gonna be low owned i don't think he's a particularly great play uh maybe if you if you believe in what's happening in pittsburgh you maybe go back to jalen samuels at 4100 but they both seem really thin to me yeah i was gonna ask about jalen samuels because uh james connor mispracticed with the ankle injury Tags, is he someone who would be on your radar if he's the starter this week against Baltimore? It all depends. Like, so Brandon Williams uh, was like surprised, like scratch from last week's game and it allowed Nick Chubb to just run all over them. And that's been like a thing. Like if you go back and look at the games that Brandon Williams has missed for the Ravens, he's the the cog in the middle of that machine uh, that stops the run. So, I mean, Chubb's coming off a big game and I know why people want to play Samuels, but I still don't think it's a great game against Baltimore. I don't have much faith in the offense to provide much scoring opportunities against Baltimore. So I am not, even if, even if Connor misses this game I think Samuels is like a a middling to low end RB2 in my season long ranking so I mean at 4100 it's not a bad price but not somebody I'm like attacking I just want to be clear the reason I brought him up is not because I'm thinking about playing him just because we're going to get a lot of questions about this if Connor's out so let's answer him right now uh Joe any other running backs that you want to mention before we move on to wide receiver I think we pretty much covered it. Definitely keep an eye on the James Conner injury at 6,200. I know it is Baltimore, but if you're looking purely for a tournament play, which we'll get into later, he could be in play. I'm not sure I love that uh, aspect of it. But yeah, I think we pretty much covered the main guys. 
You know, I actually wanted to ask you this because we were talking about Vontez Burfik. So you used to play hockey, Joe. Was there this culture of like headhunting in hockey the way that there is with some football players? Yeah, so I played uh, D1 hockey, but also played a little bit at the minor pro level. And I, I do think that there is a certain amount of respect for your opponent that has to be given. And I think that's everyone's problem with perfect is that it, no matter what, like, obviously, everyone wants to play well, play win, even make big hits. But you, at, there, there has to be a line there of, of respecting your opponent because they're all there, like, for a reason. And you never want to hurt someone. That just is not the right way to go about it as a human being, you know. So that's kind of how I feel about it. I think that's how most people are. We just have these guys that just don't really care. Yeah, you know, sometimes there's going to be those hits where, man, you hit somebody in the head and they're down. Like when we saw, I don't remember if it was Jamal Williams who got hurt. And the guy who gets back up, Derek Barnett, was like, he just felt so bad about it. You could see, like, those things are going to happen. But don't be a jerk about it and be like talking trash at someone after you clearly try to ruin their career. Man, I I just really wish this guy would go away. (laughs) Yeah, I think we all could agree on that. Well, no tags because I, I commented on something saying, I can't believe some of the comments in this. Like, these people think that Burfick shouldn't be suspended at all. This is the way football should be. And people were so mad at me for saying that, man. There's a lot of just big jerks out there, dude. That's that's weird. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Maybe you already blocked them all. Who knows? Probably. <laughs> all right, guys. Wide receiver position and uh, the models for both of these sides, FanDuel and DraftKings, are very different because the prices are so different. You've got some really good cheap plays on DraftKings. Are you spending up at running back because you can spend down at wide receiver on DraftKings, Joe? Yeah, almost every week. That's kind of uh, what I'm trying to do, at least. Uh, I'm actually really curious on Tags' take of what I'm about to say. So I've been one of those people that's been firing at Will Fuller pretty much the entire season. Um, his price at 4,500 based on his opportunity, he seems like he's an amazing value. I mean, he has at least six targets in three straight games, like only an 18% target share, which isn't great, but he's 12th in the league in air yards. So I think he's seeing that those valuable targets. And now that Kenny stills, he's got that hamstring injury. It's, I mean, it's a pretty amazing spot against the Falcons. So, um, I think he's going to be popular. Typically you'd want to play these guys that have a larger range of outcomes when they're at lower ownership. And I do think Fuller will be popular, but at 4,500, he, I mean, He's a screaming value in pretty much everything I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know if I want to use him in cash games, but at that price tags, it's really intriguing. How do you feel about it? It's definitely like it's it's appealing to me just because it's like we know there's going to be a blow up spot for him. I'm a little like peeved that he uh, that his ownership is projected to be higher than it kind of should be with his production that he's give, been like been doing on the field. I don't know if it has to do with him coming off the ACL. I have no idea, but it, like the efficiency just hasn't been there that it's been throughout his entire career. So we have to assume there's something going on. I, I think they can kind of pick their poison this week. Um, they can go against anybody they want. I mean, I know Kiki QT is going to walk into that Kenny Stills role in the slot. Uh, Atlanta's playing a, a converted safety there, which can be exploited. 27 PPR fantasy points per game against the slot, by the way. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins can explode. I mean, this is like like a premier spot for him. Like, if you're paying up for a wide receiver, it's probably Hopkins in my book at 7,800. Like he's coming down in price because he's like had some lackluster performances. We just watched AJ Brown go for, you know, 80 yards and and a touchdown on three targets. We saw Corey Davis finally have a a fantasy game. You know, Marcus Mariota looks like an actual good quarterback against Atlanta. When they they lost to Keanu Neal, this is like a defense that you continually attack. And this game is in Houston. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an indoors game. Uh, It's a track. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, Carl, Atlanta's run defense isn't, it's not top notch, but it's also not horrible. I just think this is, they have to build confidence somehow. And this is a week where it's like I am attacking that entire team. So I don't have issue with Will Fuller at 4,500. I wouldn't play him in cash just because he's been so efficient. And it could be something with that ACL. Maybe he's just not 
able to cut his heart on it. Obviously, he still has the speed, but Hopkins is like, I love Hopkins in that game. Like, it, like I said, if you're paying up wide receiver, you're going to go to Hopkins or Julio, like one of those guys. Yeah, if you are paying up a wide receiver, would you prefer Hopkins or Julio? Because I'd love to play them both. I just don't have the money to play either, Joe. Yeah, I'm on Hopkins for sure. Definitely in line with everything that Tags just said. If if you look at something called weighted opportunity rating, it's probably my favorite metric in um, all of DFS. Uh, it's free at airyards.com. I don't get anything for saying that. I just think it's great. He's actually fourth in weighted opportunity rating this season. So what you want to look for for some of these studs is kind of coming off of a game where maybe he doesn't do a ton. It's not a buy low by any means. Like he's still 7,800, but I mean, only nine PPR points last week. Like in this spot, like I think that all these Houston guys are going to carry a ton of ownership. But if you're paying up, I I can't see a, a better spot really for, for Hopkins to rebound. So I'm all over that. So Tags, who are some of your favorite plays this week at wide receiver? Uh, as I mentioned, I mean, those are the guys at the top. Julio's in a great matchup too. Like I'm really curious to see how the, the Texans are going to handle this because they cut Aaron Colvin because he sucked at the start of the year. Um, so they move. So when, when teams go three wide, which the Falcons are almost always three wide, they slide Bradley Roby into the, into the slot to cover Mohamed Sanu. Now Roby's not a very good cornerback on the perimeter, let alone the slot. So that's a good matchup. But when that happens, Lonnie Johnson, uh, their rookie cornerback comes on the field and Jonathan Joseph has always been like a left cornerback. So they're kind of like playing sides here and that Julio Jones plays over half of his snaps against that rookie. And like, that's, that's a real bad spot to put a guy and that le- legitimately has no NFL experience. The safety play out there in Houston isn't like top notch. They have to worry about Calvin Ridley. They have to worry about Muhammad Sanu. Austin Hooper has been doing well. Like there's so many options. The only reason I'm going to go with Hopkins over Julio is because he's safer uh, in terms of like his target share is always there. Sometimes Julio gets like, you know, maybe six to eight targets because Calvin Ridley's going off that game. Uh, I'm not worried about Hopkins target share in this game. So um, I love both of those wide receivers, uh, but if you want to go down, like the, the reason that I'm, I'm saving money at wide receiver this week is because I'm going to go down to uh, grab Alshon Jeffrey. I know some people at 5,900, they won't think it's a crazy value and his ownership is projected at like 3% right now. I have him ranked as a top 12 wide receiver this week. Top 12. Dang. Top 12. I thought I was being really ambitious. I got him top 15. The Jets are terrible, man. I mean, they benched their best cornerback, Tremaine Johnson. I mean, he wasn't playing good anyways, but he's benched. He's not He's not starting anymore. So it's like no Deshaun Jackson. Um, knowing that, and another reason I like him so much and I'm, I'm comfortable using him in cash is because uh, Zach Ertz is going to be matched up with Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams has legit knocked out tight ends. Like if Zach Ertz winds up against Jamal Adams, if he winds up with like 12 PPR points, it'd be a very, very, very good game. Interesting. All right. What do you think about Alshon Jeffrey, Joe? Because I love the play this week on FanDuel too. I don't like his price that much on DraftKings, but I would use him. I I like Alshon. I think I'm kind of locked into another guy in that range. Uh, Marquise Brown, 5,700. I I will say last week, I I needed one of two things to happen. So I had a pretty good finish in in the 1,500. I needed about three more rushing yards from Leonard Fournette, or I needed Lamar not to miss Marquise Brown in the end zone for probably... Uh, another 20k or so it was that it was that drastic um so if one of those two things happened last week i would have been pretty happy but i'm definitely going to go back to the well with marquise brown he's just dominating in ra- for the ravens as far as his opportunity 36 percent of the team's air yards 24 percent of the targets like his a dot i get it like it, there's a little bit more of a kind of range of outcomes variance that's involved with someone that's almost got a 15 yard a dot but i mean him and Lamar Jackson, like if they do get on the same page at some point, I think they could be one of the more dangerous kind of duos in the entire league. I truly believe that. So um, if they I want to be early on that on that situation for sure. And, and he is not scared to throw deep to him. And his accuracy on the deep ball has actually been pretty decent this year. And they definitely are allowing him to do that. So 
I'm in on Marquise Brown again. I definitely like the Alshon call as well. But in that range, I, I have some blinders for this guy that burned me last week, I think. <laughs> you know, Tags, I'm really nervous about Lamar Jackson because, first of all, weeks one through four, he played Miami, one of the worst defenses in football. Arizona, one of the worst defenses in football. Kansas City in a, in a negative game script, so they had to pass the ball a ton, one of the worst defenses in football. Cleveland missing like everybody. In the last two weeks, he didn't look especially good. Uh, now, I like Marquise Brown because of the opportunities he's getting, and I like his boomer bust potential, but does Lamar Jackson make you nervous? I, I, I mean, I guess we'll get to quarterbacks eventually, but does it make you nervous for Marquise Brown? Uh, a little bit. As Joe mentioned, like I, I've talked about that with Marquise Brown. The reason I haven't moved him down like a whole lot in my like season long rankings is because he is still getting those targets. Like it's like getting a Deshaun Jackson type player getting eight targets a game. And that's that's rare to find like someone that's targeted that far down the field. So eventually those are going to turn into something. I can't play him in cash, but if you want to play him in tournaments continually. I have absolutely no issue with that, especially against the Steelers who have been burned deep. I mean, ever since they brought in Mika Fitzpatrick, like they're, they're ba- the back end of that defense has looked a lot better. But again, I, they went against the Bengals and they went against the 49ers. So uh, it should look better. So you guys mentioned one of the guys that I'm tagged you mentioned, Alshon Jeffrey. I'm going to be using him without question. Tyler Boyd against Arizona is another one. He's the 14th most expensive wide receiver on FanDuel. Uh, we project him for the 10th most. He's got a great matchup against Arizona. I know people are excited about Auden Tate, 3,500 on DraftKings. And, but John Ross and A.J. Green are both out. They're going to have to pass a ton in this game. We've seen Zach Tyler throwing the ball a lot. It's a good matchup for Tyler Boyd. And then the other guy that I've got in this range is Calvin Ridley at Houston. I understand he hasn't really been doing that much, but uh, you already talked about how this is a good matchup. Uh, Over-under on this one is 49. I believe that's the highest on the slate. Um, Joe, let's start with you. What do you think about Calvin Ridley and Tyler Boyd? Yeah, Boyd is kind of in a no man's land for me right now. I think 6,500, like I get it. The matchup is great. Like his his opportunity is totally fine as well. Um, yeah, that's too high on DraftKings. Yeah, you have to make decisions at that point, right? And I'm always going to kind of skew towards paying down at wide receiver because there's just so much more variance involved. So I, I think both of those guys are fine. I haven't built a team uh, with Tyler Boyd yet, um, but it is early in the week, of course. I, I think that both of those guys are fine in tournaments and cash games. I, I'm going to kind of be on the side of trying to find at least one of these $3,500 guys uh, to go to. So my big decision, honestly, is Auden Tate versus Keyshawn Johnson. Again, have a little bit of blinders. I played Keyshawn Johnson on my team last week with Bird out. So same type of thing. But now we have Christian Kirk that's banged up as well with that ankle injury. So, um, I mean, it's going to be his first career start, but he's going to play most of the snaps on the outside, which is in the best spot uh, for this offense in particular. But I do think that he has like the talent to make some big plays. Cincinnati's defense is terrible. We know that they can't really defend anywhere. So I think Keyshawn Johnson at 3,500 is what I'm leaning towards if Auden Tate ends up getting super popular, but I'm kind of wrestling between both of those guys right now. I'm not sure exactly uh, which one will be my pay down guy. I would imagine Auden Tate is going to be extremely popular at that minimum price on DraftKings. Everybody in the industry is talking about him. Um, Tags, which do you prefer between Auden Tate and uh, and Keyshawn Johnson? I think they're both solid plays. It's Auden Tate for me. Keyshawn has been trending in the wrong direction. Uh, so like with Bird out last week, it's crazy. Like I thought he'd have a bigger role. And when I went to start right, at, right up the primer this week, I uh, I came across him and I was like, oh, he could make sense as like a sleeper this week. And then I realized that Trent Sherfield was out there for more snaps than he was. And if you if you kind of like follow the production, Keyshawn Johnson, like he had 10 targets in week one. And ever since then, they've kind of like slowly like transitioned away from him. Like he just hasn't like proven it on the field. He's one of those guys that they've talked about in practice saying like he pops off. And it's kind of like a James Washington thing where it just hasn't translated to the field yet. 
I'm someone's got to get the targets there in Arizona. Uh, hey, by the way, they just signed Pharaoh Cooper as well, so that does not bode well for Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's there's a lot of targets there. It's like they they, they run four wide receiver sets, so like the the targets could be split out. They're probably not gonna they're probably not gonna throw as much as they have been. I mean, David Johnson can get in the win on the ground like that can happen uh, against Cincinnati. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go away there. Uh, we know that the Bengals defense sucks. We know that they're gonna give up points. And Auden Tate, I mean, he's six five, two hundred and twenty eight pounds. Uh, he's gonna match up for the majority of the time with Byron Murphy, who I actually like Byron Murphy as a corner. He was one of my favorites in this draft class, but he's 5'11 and 190 pounds. He, he was a better zone coverage cornerback. Um, they're just hurting there a little bit. I'll take Tate knowing how much he's been targeted, knowing that he is the clear cut number two option in that passing offense behind Tyler Boyd. Whereas like Keyshawn Johnson, we don't know where he falls in that pecking order because like Trent Sherfield has played in the NFL and he has actually performed in the NFL. So Trent Sherfield is like a, a really deep sleeper. I just don't know how much Arizona is going to need to pass the ball this week. All right, guys, we're going to keep rolling along with wide receivers here in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Pristine Auction. You guys are going to love this site. If you want to add anything to your cave, no matter who your team is, even if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, you're going to find all kinds of great stuff. And because they auction off hundreds, even thousands of stuff every single day, you're going to find some great values too. Everything's guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. And when you sign up at pristineauction.com, by the way, it's free to sign up, enter the registration code Fantasy Pros. That's going to give you $5 off at pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. And by the way, we've got a contest going on thanks to pristineauction.com. We're giving away a signed Julian Edelman Patriots helmet. It's full size. This bad boy is going home to one of our lucky listeners. And if you want to sign up for it, it takes like a minute to enter. Go to fantasypros.com slash contest for details. So our model loves two other players a lot. First of all, Curtis Samuel sitting there at 4,500. I know he gets Jacksonville, but if Jalen Ramsey's out, AJ Boye is going to be on DJ Moore. And, and Curtis Samuel won't have a, a very difficult matchup. So at 4,500, I'm curious what you guys think about him. And then on FanDuel, Larry Fitzgerald is just $5,800. That's the 28th most expensive wide receiver. And our consensus projections have him at number nine against Cincinnati with Christian Kirk out. How do you feel about Larry Fitzgerald this week, Joe? And how do you feel about Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel is kind of shaping up to be my kind of price pivot off of Will Fuller. So if Will Fuller ends up being like super popular, if he even gets close to like that 20% ownership range, I, I have no problem going to Curtis Samuel. So someone that nine targets per game over the last three. Uh, he's actually eighth in the entire league in air yards as well. He's got 179 more air yards than DJ Moore. So those are the kind of targets you want to see from Kyle Allen. 4,500, I think Curtis Samuel is definitely too cheap, but definitely keep an eye on Jalen Ramsey. I, I don't pay attention really to the, the cornerback wide receiver matchups, but I will say that at the tails of it, these guys like Jalen Ramsey, like I think that does matter. So let's keep an eye on that. But Curtis Samuel is, is shaping up to be a really solid pivot off of Will Fuller. I don't. I don't play uh, Fitzgerald very often. Uh, probably a bias that I that I should get over. I, I tend to kind of skew towards uh, the Christian Kirks of the world and some of those younger guys on the Arizona team. But I will say that that offense in general is great because they run a lot of plays, but they're really not throwing downfield very much, which is which is fine in a PPR type environment. But also for ceiling, if Fitzgerald doesn't get in the end zone, I think there's better options. When they do throw downfield, it has primarily been Larry Fitzgerald. His ADOT is significantly higher than Christian Kirk's, which is just kind of strange this season. Uh, Tex, how do you feel about Larry Fitzgerald and, and Curtis Samuel? Uh, Fitzgerald's the one that we know is locked into targets. Um, so, I mean, he's someone that I, I would be okay with playing, but, I mean, you're paying 6 k What's his actual upside? On DraftKings, his price isn't great. On Fandle, it's unbelievable. Like I mentioned, 28th most expensive wide receiver. 
Yeah, I, I would play him in cash there. That's for sure. Like he's not he's not someone that I'm like excited about for tournaments or anything like that, but he should come with like a high floor. Like I don't see a situation in that game where he sees fewer than eight targets. And that's something you want in cash games, especially if you're paying would you you said fifty eight hundred? Well, fifty eight hundred on FanDuel means twenty eighth most expensive. That's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 cheaper than uh, Tyrell Williams, cheaper than um, you know Josh Gordon, Mike Williams, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and Curtis Samuel's that cheap on both sides. Now, Joe, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned if Will Fuller gets up towards that twenty percent ownership range, how do you get an indication of what the ownership is going to look like, or is it just kind of based on what you're hearing? Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, great sites out there that have ownership projections. I definitely think that if you kind of just get a feel for kind of the industry and what everyone's talking about, that's always kind of solid as well. But some of the tournaments that I'm kind of playing, I I can get kind of a a good idea of which guys are gaining steam. So at that point, um, I I don't typically play these chalk wide receivers. Like I I missed out on Nelson Aguilar week. I understand that he's a great play. Um, But yeah, missing out on that is not fun. But I mean, if 50% of the field has this wide receiver that's, I mean, realistically going to see touches, maybe six, seven touches of the game. Like I'm going to try and fade them and try and play a guy that has a little bit more upside at lower ownership. I think that's how you get to the top of tournaments. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Any other wide receivers you want to talk about tags? Uh, in cash, not so much. I I actually, I'm I'm starting to come around on on the fuller call at 4,500. I mean, you're taking very little risk by going down there. I mean, do you, are you really like, do you really feel like you're taking no risk with Auden Tate? or uh, Keyshawn Johnson, I, I think I'd rather pay the $1,000 and pay down at defense and just pay up to get Will Fuller. Like, it's too cheap uh, not to go with him, honestly. And I think that it's like thinking about this more and more, those targets, it's like if that breakout week does happen, which it absolutely can against uh, Atlanta, who's missing their starting uh, safety, like their best safety on their team, it's possible. And 4500 I like Joe's calling Will, Will Fuller. So tags Chris Harris moved outside this season, but Keenan Allen is their primary wide receiver for the Chargers in the slot. Does Harris go back into the slot to shadow Allen this week? Oh yeah, he's going to shadow him. There's no, there's no chance that Denver lets Keenan Allen run through that secondary. I can't see it. And I, I mean, I went through, that's something that I actually did a lot of research on this week because I was like, that's that's a matchup I wanted to find. So there's been four games over the last two years um, where Keenan Allen has played against Chris Harris. In those games, he saw 36 targets. That's nine targets a game. Uh, he turned them into 21 catches, 229 yards, and two touchdowns. Those aren't wide receiver one numbers, so I'm not like I'm not playing him in cash games, uh, especially considering that his price doesn't reflect that he's matched up with Chris Harris Jr. And he's going to be highly owned in tournaments too. Like that's the thing is, Keenan Allen is going to be ridiculously high owned because Denver as a whole has struggled with wide receivers, but uh, he has uh, Chris Harris Jr. has done a phenomenal job shutting down the top options. He's the best at shutting down slot wide receivers. And I wanted to ask you about Mike Evans as well. Lattimore played a lot better for New Orleans last week against Amari Cooper. He was struggling early in the season. Is he going to be on Mike Evans or Chris Godwin? Evans. Yeah. So uh, Lattimore doesn't go into the slot. And that's where Godwin plays over half his, his snaps. All right, Joe, any other wide receivers you want to talk about? Yeah, I think for cash games, that's kind of where I'm at. There's some flyers that I'm sure we'll get to later on, but I think we've uh, touched on a lot of guys. I definitely think that that Will Fuller at 4,500, Curtis Samuel 4,500, like for a thousand more than someone like Auden Tate or Keyshawn Johnson, you're getting a lot more safety and probably more upside as well, obviously. Real quick, Bobby, I, I, one that popped up in my projections is like the second best value I, I, that we didn't talk about, which is because I haven't really looked at him. It's just not, a, it's not sexy to play Michael Thomas, 6,600. I mean, that's a heck of a price on DraftKings. Holy cow. Yeah, they've lowered it to the point where it's like they're trying to get people to play him because nobody wants to play him with Teddy Bridgewater. But he's actually posted some numbers like his floor has been there. I mean, at 6,600, you probably need a touchdown out of him. Man, this guy catches everything. There's no more efficient wide receiver in football than Michael Thomas. 
Yeah, I mean, he's proven to do it with uh, Teddy Bridgewater, too. I mean, over the two games with him, he caught all nine targets for 95 yards last uh, last week. And then the week before against Seattle, he caught five passes, 54 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, he's getting almost double digit targets every game. So it's like, do we not think about him at 6,600? I think it. I, I think at least if you if you're considering him, don't feel bad about it. Yeah, he was the guy that I was going to bring up for for tournaments. He's actually the the top rated guy in my model right now, which kind of made me take a second look. And I've been kind of spe- like kind of skipping over him for the Teddy Bridgewater type of thing, but yeah. 6,600. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, he's, uh, we talked about weighted opportunity rating before it's, it's Keenan Allen and it's Michael Thomas at the top. If we're just looking at this year. So, I mean, 6,600, it has it gone too far. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I think he's probably uh, a really safe uh, play this week, but I mean, you never know. Like if he ends up kind of approaching like that 15% ownership, I think that's a great time to kind of jump back on that train. Guys, let's go tight end now. And I'll tell you what, every single week so far, I've had a tight end I was really excited about. Maybe even two of them. This week, I don't want to play any tight end. I hate all of these options. Please give me somebody tags. Who do you have? Tyler Eifert at 3,300. I'm playing him, dude. I, am- I mean, that's nice on DraftKings, 3,300. On FanDuel, he's 4,600. Like that's that's fine, but... Uh, I don't know if I want to play him in cash games, man. I'm I'm playing Tyler Eifert. I'm not I'm not messing with it. I know I know CJ Uzama <laughs> is playing a lot of the snaps, and like that's what people are worried about. But over the last two weeks, Eifert has run 47 routes, while Uzama has been st- kept in a block, and he's only run 18 routes. So, um, uh, it is it's it's not really a timeshare. And I'm just gonna continue to ta- attack Arizona. I'm gonna feel bad when they go on their bye week. Who are you going? Who are you going with, Joe? Do you like Tyler Eifert as well, or do you have a different name in mind? I mean, Eifert's the cash play for sure at 3,300 just allows you to get up to all these other plays we've been talking about. Um, I'm going to try and get up to Zach Ertz. I'm not sure if I'll be successful in that just because the tight end position, I, I'm always, always trying to be a little bit different there, but I will say that hasn't worked out very well for me this year. So I've basically gotten the floor game from Travis Kelsey in week one. I got, uh, I tried to go a little bit different and go like stone men with Gusecki in week two. I got like three points from him. Then I played Zach Ertz and uh, in week three. And then last week I played Evan Ingram. So I've actually paid up for for tight end in three weeks. And I think I've got the floor game in all three weeks of those. So at the tight end position in cash game, sure. Just just target Arizona. I think that's totally fine. Um, but yeah, maybe I'm not the best uh, person to give tight end takes, takes right now. Maybe I'm due. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'm just due. You know, the moment you move off of them, you're actually, they are going to hit. I'll be a week early on all, all four of them probably. Tags, is there any other tight end that you would even consider? I mean, it sounds like Eifert's probably going to be your lock of the week. Uh, Evan Ingram, he's not my lock of the week, but uh, Evan Ingram at 5,800, I'd be willing to pay that price uh, against Minnesota. Minnesota has struggled with tight ends. And it's, I mean, I know that like this whole Saquon business about him playing, I don't think he's going to play. They're going to hold him out one more week, but it's crazy to think that he's probably going to be back next week. That's what the Wayne Gallman guys get who spent 55% of their fab on him. <laughs> if you continually go out there and... Uh, like push a guy that you're not competing for anything. Uh, the Giants really think that they're going to be competing to make the playoffs and event like a Super Bowl run. If they Come if they on, do, no. good more power to them. But if no, no. Yeah, he's getting a lot of targets, man. 14, 8, 8, 7. You know what's going to happen. And like you mentioned, Minnesota hasn't been as good against tight ends as they have against wide receivers. It's still, I mean, they're per, they're uh, projected to score 19 points by Vegas implied total. It's not good. <laughs> no, definitely not. But against, like I said, against Minnesota, I, I, that's like a team that I think you can go with tight ends against. But I mean, then you've got uh, Mark Andrews against Pittsburgh, Delaney Walker against Buffalo, Greg Olson against Jacksonville, Darren Waller against Chicago. It's ugly. Jimmy Graham against Dallas. There's, there's just really nobody. I guess it is Eifert. Guys, let's go to the quarterback position. 
Um, on FanDuel, I'm leaning towards uh, Kyler Murray this week. I talked about it on the Start Sit show, how he's been quite quite effective against Detroit, Baltimore, Carolina, Seattle. Those are some really difficult defenses. This week against Cincinnati, and his touchdown rate right now is 2.4%, so we're due for some positive regression there as well. Uh, third in the, in the NFL in pass attempts. I like him quite a bit this week with a nice floor with the rushing and a huge ceiling as well. How do you feel about Kyler Murray, Joe, and uh, do you have a couple quarterbacks you have in mind? Yeah, I always like Kyler just for just that rushing upside that he's going to give you. I think that he's always a kind of guy that's in play because we're always kind of interested in the quarterback typically on the other side. Not sure about this week, but yeah, Kyler's someone that's popping in my model, uh, mostly just because of that game environment and the plays. They're a team that's thrown at the or been throwing at the third highest rate, uh, Cincinnati as well, right up there to the, at the top of the league. So I think there's going to be a ton of plays in this game. Um, playing a quarterback on the road is not always ideal. The team total uh, is pretty average there, uh, not great. But Kyler Murray's yards per attempt, I guess, is my biggest uh, kind of concern. I, I like to play these guys that throw deep, um, but the rushing upside kind of at least puts them in play for me. I guess haven't really made it there yet. Um, but I mean, we've talked about it a bunch. And the guy that I'm considering um, if on my main team right now is, is Deshaun Watson still. So I think he's kind of been obviously hurt by their offensive line, how poor it is, even though he's one of the better quarterbacks under pressure. I don't know if he's going to have to worry about that as much this week. So Atlanta's defensive line. 26 and adjusted sack rate this year. They only have five sacks on the entire season. So um, if there was a week for Deshaun J uh, Watson to have a little bit more time uh, to kind of do his work with with Hopkins and Fuller, it feels like this week. And again, someone else that's going to give you a little bit on the ground as well. Uh, I'm almost always just considering those guys first. That makes a lot of sense with uh, Tag saying you can pick your poison with with Houston. They can go to DeAndre Hopkins for a huge game, or maybe Will Fuller has a huge game. Kiki QT has a great matchup. Uh, Watson makes a lot of sense. Tags, who do you like? Yeah, Watson is my top play if you can get up to him at 6,700. Um, it's it, it's hard to avoid him, to be honest with you. It's the game with the highest over-under. His ownership will be – I mean, quarterback's not really a position that you really have to worry about ownership with too much. Um, and obviously in cast, you're not worried about ownership rates. But it's nice to know that he will be lower-owned because he hasn't had these massive games. But this is one of the games I'm attacking. Like, I wish there was a higher – total on the slate because I think that people just gravitate towards games with the highest over under on the slate and um, I felt like this one was sneaky like I if I was a betting man uh, I'd be taking the over in this game like even if it was set up at 52 I'd probably be taking the over I just like a lot of points to be scored knowing that Watson can get it done on the ground uh, can get it done through the air there's just, there's just nothing to not like against this Atlanta defense without Keanu Neal like it's the, it's the same defense they basically fielded last year and it's just it's terrible I love Deshaun Watson's price on, on DraftKings. I can't do it on FanDuel. He's $8,000, guys. I'm not spending up that high. And same with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's really expensive on FanDuel, 7700 On DraftKings, I'm looking at him. He's the 10th most expensive at 5900 I'd prefer him over Deshaun Watson. I mean, we think this game's going to be a shootout. Matt Ryan right now is on pace for 5,300 passing yards. He's just thrown a couple interceptions as well. Those don't matter that much in um, in fantasy football. And he didn't have any touchdowns last game against Tennessee, but he's got uh, eight on the season. The touchdown rate's going to come up. He's leading the league in pass attempts. Houston has a crummy secondary. I'd prefer Matt Ryan over Deshaun Watson at those prices. Joe, so a lot of smart people in DFS talk about you know mobile quarterbacks and making sure you get one of those for your cash game lineups. Could you talk about that and, and why it's so important? Yeah, you're basically, I mean, a lot of times it's not even priced in, to be completely honest with you. So you get that floor, but you also get the ceiling that comes from with a guy like Lamar Jackson. It's like giving him another touchdown or two based uh, on just what you can expect on the ground. So, yeah, I think Matt Ryan is is an op is a great example of a guy that I would never play in cash games, but it's probably totally fine in tournaments, especially with Julio, uh, Ridley, those type of stacks, because for those guys to really hit their ceiling, they got to throw five touchdown passes, five of them. 
And for Lamar Jackson to hit his ceiling, probably only needs to hit three to get really close to like what his expectation is at the, the 90th or 95th percentile. So I, I think you just need everything to break right. Uh, even like Tom Brady, someone that I've really struggled with just because he always has these giant spreads. Like for him to completely go off, he's got to throw all those touchdowns, but it's just, it's, it's so hard for me to get behind that as more of a single entry player. I, I'm trying to reduce variance at these type of positions where I think you can project them relatively well. And like Tag said, there's usually not a huge ownership discount that you get from any of these guys anyway. So I'm more or less just trying to to get my main stacks, but also just build in more floor and ceiling. I think that people talk about the floor of rushing yards, but like I don't think they talk enough about like the ceiling that you get as well from someone like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen when he's healthy, Deshaun Watson, those type of guys. I think those guys are almost always in play based uh, even just not even looking at matchup at all. That was something I came across when like writing up Lamar Jackson this week is like people don't realize that he didn't throw a single touchdown against Kansas City. He still scored 21.3 fantasy points. Like, that's crazy. That's that that almost shouldn't happen, but it does. You know, Tom Brady's an interesting one. I think a lot of people are going to be on him this week just because the implied total for that game is 29 for the Patriots. And uh, and he's fairly cheap. People gravitate towards that, as you've mentioned, Tags. I don't want anything to do with him in cash games or GPP. I don't see much upside, and I don't really know if he has that high of a floor either, but just because they get in that red zone and they're running the ball so often. But I, another one that a lot of people are going to be on, and I got to pick your brain on this. What if somebody says... I want Christian McCaffrey, I want Dalvin Cook, I want Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe one of these wide receivers too. I'm paying down at tight end, paying down for two wide receivers. Uh, I'm going to pay down at quarterback too so I can make all this happen and get Chase Daniel, (laughs) $4,800. No. No. I I can't do it, but a lot of people are going to. Can you talk them off the ledge, Joe? It's a similar play as like the Kyle Allen play when he was at 4K, right? So it's just totally different. Um, If you do like them against Oakland, great. Maybe you want to go with like a, a Chase Daniel, Montgomery stack, or Tariq Cohen, something like that. I, I think he's fine in cash games because I honestly I don't think quarterback matters a ton in, in DFS. I, I really don't. I, I think that if you're going to pay up, you want to pay up at running back, get as much touches as you can possibly there. Um, if you do like one of the wide receivers in the mid range, you're going to have to pay down a quarterback or tight end. Um, so I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world um, in certain weeks. It, like this is one of these weeks where I don't love anything completely at the mid range. Like I'm skewing more towards uh, Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson up top, but it's these mid-range guys, like you mentioned Tom Brady at 6,500. Like I don't really play Tom Brady typically anyways. Uh, even Kyler Murray at 6,300, like at that point, if you pay all the way down, that makes a big difference on your roster. So uh, I'm kind of uh, looking at either side of it right now, but I don't hate it. And especially if you're playing small field tournaments, it can definitely work out. All right, guys, we're going to get to DST, then circle back around and go GPP here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about something Hooters has going on. You guys are going to love this. So they've got their Monday night money ball, and it's going to add an element of excitement to watching football on Mondays. The Monday night money ball game is so easy. It works just like making prop bets. Just answer a few quick questions about the Monday night game, and you have your chance at cash prizes, free Hooters food, and even a trip to the big game come February. You can get in on the action at HootersMoneyBall.com, and there's two ways to play. You can play at Hooters, or you can play anywhere. If you play at Hooters, you've got to be there on Monday nights, and you get a chance to win cash prizes, a trip to the big game, and Hooters food plus drink prizes. If you play away from Hooters, you can still play anywhere, and you can compete for a shot at Hooters food and drink prizes. And remember, Hooters provides the optimal football viewing experience. All the big games are on all the big screens so you don't miss a minute. Hooters girls, of course, make it fun in a festive atmosphere so you're not sitting around at some guy's basement with just a bunch of dudes. And their famous wings and selection of ice-cold beer turn it into the ultimate tailgate. 
Remember, that's HootersMoneyBall.com on Monday nights. Play at Hooters or play anywhere. DST has frustrated me so much this year because uh, it's like kicker except more extreme in the sense that it is so volatile and yet it has so big of an impact on who wins these GPP and even cash game contests. If you don't have the Patriots uh, a couple weeks ago when they scored, what was it, 30 fantasy points, you didn't cash. Um, So I don't know what to do here. It's just a big crapshoot. Do you have a defense you like a lot, Joe? I'm looking a little bit at the Titans this week. They're they're 3K on DraftKings, obviously. Um, the Bills had a pretty tough game against the Patriots last week, so it's either going to be Josh Allen or Matt Barkley. Uh, so, I mean, I, I do enjoy kind of targeting Allen. I play Allen a ton, but I enjoy targeting him just because he throws a lot of interceptions. But um, Buffalo's offensive line, pretty poor as well. So it seems like a decent matchup at, at home for uh, this, this Titans team that does pressure pretty well with a, a decent discount there. I think at 3K... They're totally fine. I, I think they'll be popular, especially if Barkley ends up playing. Man, our model really likes the New England Patriots again, and it's hard to go away from them. I mean, you look at the consensus projections, and they are substantially higher than anybody else. Bears are second highest at 9.0. Patriots are all the way at 12, but they're so expensive on both sides. Tags, can we afford to pay out for them? No, I don't think so. Uh, not if you want. I, like, I, I want to get those running backs in my lineup. I've been messing around with lineups as we've been talking through this. And if you want to pay for Watson, like, and you want to get those big name running backs, you have to go down to the cheap range. You have to find like the Panthers at twenty six hundred, which aren't bad. Like, they're a team that's tied with the Patriots for the league lead in sacks. They're at home against Jacksonville. It's like I, I don't, I don't even think it's terrible to play Leonard Fournette in, in it, like in your cash game lineup with the Panthers. You know, what I mean, there's so much variance at that tight end at that uh, defensive position that if Gardner Minshew is drops back and gets sacked like five times like he did last week against the Broncos who by the way had zero sacks coming into that game it's just the the inexperienced Juwan Taylor at right tackle Cam Robinson's not a great um, left tackle so they should be able to get pressure to him uh, again Carolina at home 2600 Bobby what do you think about the Packers actually at 2400 without Tyron Smith I mean there's upside with any defense really I don't know if it's especially safe just because Dallas is going to put up the points uh, Deck Prescott doesn't always turn the ball over a lot he he didn't look good last game, but um, for me, I'm with Joe. I've got Titans or the Bills. It's one of those two. It might be interesting, too. I know we're not quite to the tournament stuff yet, but paying all the way down for either Arizona or Cincinnati, like I realize both those defenses are terrible, but there's going to be so many pass attempts in that game. If you really want to just kind of embrace the variance of defense at that point, pay all the way down. I think that they're fine, but I'm, I'm with tags, actually. The more I look at this, I think Carolina 2600 is a really strong play they're they're kind of an underrated defense as far as how much they pressure i played them last week for for kind of the same reasons obviously they're playing deshaun watson last week who will take a lot of sacks uh, jacksonville is going to run the ball a ton but yeah i think carolina is totally fine they're they're one they're definitely one of the cheapest defenses that's at home and is favorited so that's that's always what you're looking for there are models favorite on DraftKings. Um, we project them to be the highest owned as well. They've got 14 sacks in the last two weeks. Jacksonville just gave up five sacks to a team that had no sacks going into the game. So uh, I think it's a good matchup for them, except that Gardner Minshew just doesn't really make stupid passes. Now we'll see if that changes when he's under pressure this much. So, um, okay, guys, let's flip it around and go GPP. I'm taking the first one because I've got one that I absolutely love. Pittsburgh Steelers on DraftKings, $2,100 against Lamar Jackson. And we've seen him make some boneheaded passes in the past. Yeah, no, I I think that they're they're totally fine, and and like we said in tournaments, we're we're looking for um for lower ownership, right, ideally, but also good game environments, so ones that we think are going to have a decent amount of pass attempts, but also pace. So I, I care a lot about that at defense. A lot of times these games where we're actually targeting for points make us a lot of sense to to target at the defense position as well. So I think that's an interesting one uh, to kind of look at that could go a little bit under owned. Tex, do you have a GPP option you like at DST? 
I, I, I'd say the Vikings are a team that I'm looking at the projected ownership and it seems like 2%, which is kind of crazy. Uh, Daniel Jones did turn the ball, ball over twice last week against Washington. Washington's not a good defense, guys. Uh, Minnesota is a veteran defense coming off a loss. I know they're on the road, but um, at New York, without most likely without Saquon Barkley, I like Minnesota. All right, who are you eyeing, Joe? Do you have a team or two that uh, that could go off in GPP? Yeah, I mean, if we're going to pay all the way down, I mean, I, I think that that can be a decent strategy as well. Pittsburgh, 2100. I, I mean, I talked about how much I love Lamar and Hollywood Brown, but um, I mean, this will be Lamar's first start on the road in Pittsburgh. He did throw a couple picks last week. It could be a decent spot to go back to them. The Steelers team had eight sacks last week, so we know they'll get to the quarterback. Um, I think that they're at 2100. I think they're tempting in tournaments. I don't know if they're safe enough for cash games. But again, like I, I think if you're just looking at what you can do with the rest of your team, paying it down at defense is, is almost always uh, at least a strategy you should kind of explore. Sure. Okay. Let's go GPP for tight ends. Tags, why don't you start us? Mark Andrews at 4,800. I know that he, he'll probably be higher owned because like his price should be higher considering what he's done. Um, but he's probably going to be the highest owned tight end this week. I would imagine. I don't know if I would say that just because like the way the lineups are working, but if you want to go like deep, um, Trey Burton, but I don't, again, this is like the tight end position. I don't vary too much, but the reason Burton is just like, they're going to play They want to play a safe game against Oakland. They just want to walk away with the win. They have Chase Daniel at quarterback. He was more of like a game manager. Trey Burton is a guy that can kind of fit that role where it's like, you don't have to take shots down the field to Taylor Gabriel. Allen Robinson is good. Um, Anthony Miller hasn't been targeted a whole lot. Burton has been increasing his snaps every single week. So it's like against Oakland, a team that was like the the definition of a matchup to attack last year. And knowing that they're without Jonathan Abrams, knowing they're without Vontae's perfect. It's like this defense is slowly starting to lose the pieces that they added this offseason. Joe, do you have a tight end in mind? Yeah, a couple guys. Uh, did you guys see that Austin Hooper is the most expensive uh, tight end on FanDuel this week? He's 6,700. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> People are just not going to play him just for that reason. So, I mean, he he has run the most routes uh, in the league at tight end, uh, at least on this slate. Um, so I think he's interesting in tournaments against Houston. I, I don't love him in cash games, but if people are just going to not click him at that price, he's interesting. And kind of the other end of the the salary spectrum, talked about this guy last week and it worked out. Noah Fant, uh, 2,800. Like, I, I don't think he's a great play by any means. And it's, he is on the road against the Chargers, not a great team total. But I mean, he's running a ton of routes. Like, you can't really deny that. He, got, he I wish he wouldn't have gotten the end zone last week because I think maybe he could gain some steam at 2,800. But I think almost everyone is basically just going to play Tyler Eifer for 500 more on DraftKings. So if you're looking for kind of that price pivot, I think he's a guy that could come in uh, really low owned that will at least give you a similar amount of routes, uh, much more poor of a, of a matchup, of course, with everyone targeting Arizona. But I think Noah Fant's a decent pivot. I couldn't decide if I was going to go with Noah Fant or Jared Cook. So you made my decision easy. I'm going to go with Jared Cook against Tampa Bay. So Tampa Bay's got Shaq Barrett, who is just absolutely incredible, putting so much pressure on the quarterbacks. And we always thought that the New Orleans Saints had uh, such a good pass protection because Drew Brees, nobody would blitz against him, like Tags was saying a couple weeks ago, because he just tore apart the blitz. And so their offensive line looked a lot better. Since Teddy Bridgewater's been back there, man, he has been getting crushed. And because of that, I think he's going to look for a safety blanket. Maybe it's Alvin Kamara, but against Tampa Bay, um, I, I would throw a flyer on Jared Cook in GPP contests. Yep, Jared Cook's not a bad play at all. All right, guys, quarterback position for GPP. Joe, you're first this time. Yeah, so quarterback is an interesting one, right? Because I, I mentioned that there's just not a ton of uh, ownership difference there. Uh, typically, but if we did want to kind of go a little bit different, I, I think just paying for someone like Carson Wentz in that mid range of 6,100 is interesting against this Jets team. Like I mentioned, I like Zach Ertz a ton. Um, we we talked a little bit about Alshon Jeffrey as well, and I think there'll be at least one piece on the other side of this game that you could go to 
um, at the wide receiver position. So something like Wentz in tournaments, I think, makes some sense for sure. That that team total it is pretty nice there for Philly, and that's something that we know matters at the quarterback position where so much of the offense is just going to flow through them anyway. So if you get a guy like Wentz at 6,100, he's kind of a weird salary point um, compared to some of these other guys we talked about, but I think he's interesting for tournaments. Once again, I was going to go with Carson Wentz, but uh, I'm going to go with Jameis Winston here against New Orleans. I know Lattimore played better last week. They shut down Dallas's pass offense, uh, but Jameis Winston last two weeks has been absolutely incredible. He's got 27 and 30 points in the last two weeks against the Giants and Rams. It could be a shootout against the Saints. Granted, he could completely bust. We've seen that before. But this is a team who passed for over 5,000 yards, one of only four who passed over 600 times last season. So uh, they've got the weapons. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. Could be a big week for Jameis Winston. Yeah, Jameis, I mean, obviously he comes with upside. Uh, I wonder what his ownership is going to be in tournaments coming off the game that he just did. Mine's Brady. I mean, again, I'm not worried about ownership at quarterback. Brady's thrown the ball over 36 times uh, per game. And that's because their run game is not doing anything. Uh, Washington, if there is a strength to them, it's it's the front four. They've actually done, I'll say, a, a solid, competent job, considering all things considered with that secondary. But they don't have answers for Julian Edelman. They don't have answers for Josh Gordon. I mean, I feel like this is like a smash spot for Brady. And if he's throwing 36 pass attempts against a Washington team that's allowed the third most fantasy points to the quarterback position, like that matchup, you're not going to get much better than. And if, and if again... If Brady and the Patriots are, are putting their foot on teams' throats, it's 6,500. No one's going to own him. I wouldn't think anyone's going to own him, obviously, with Deshaun Watson at 6,700. But I think Tom Brady makes a lot of sense this week. If you want to be a top three quarterback value, you need to be 4X with DraftKings prices. So 4X for Tom Brady, it's not that bad. It's it's 26 points. But, I mean, you look at what he's done this season. Um, he needs three touchdowns. He needs 350 yards. That's basically what I would be shooting for uh, when playing him. It's like, I think you can get like a 300 yard, three or four touchdown game out of him. It's Matt Ryan is a similar territory and he's a little bit cheaper. So I, I do like Matt Ryan as well. Um, but Brady is someone I, Joe was saying it earlier. It's kind of funny. I never play Brady, but this week uh, against Washington, it's, it's appealing. All right. Wide receiver. And I'm starting this off because if anybody stole this guy from me, I would be <laughs> furious. Robbie Anderson is my dude this week. I mean, what did we expect against Denzel Ward, uh, Tredavious White, Stephon Gilmore, three of the top five shadow corners in the NFL? If anything, he performed, he outperformed expectations against those guys. So I like him a lot this week against Philadelphia. Useful game script, best possible matchup on the slate, at least according to what uh, their defense has done against wide re- opposing wide receivers so far this season. So I love Robbie Anderson as a, with a chance to go off. I think he's considerable. I think you consider him in cash, honestly, at 4,500. Yeah, I, I should have brought him up, actually, but I wanted to save him for GPP. Yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, I would consider with Fuller. Fuller's a, like a, playing the better offense, obviously, but I think Robbie Anderson should have that floor um, coming out of the bye against Philadelphia. Philly might be without like th- like three or four starting cornerbacks, so their starting cornerbacks weren't good to begin with. So, I mean, at 4,500, I like him. Tournaments, it's like that's a little bit tougher. I, I might actually prefer Anderson in cash, but in tournaments, I don't think he's a bad play either. I'll tell you what, I love a game stack of Carson Wentz. You get Alshon Jeffrey in there, Robbie Anderson, even Le'Veon Bell playing from behind. He's going to get quite a few receptions as well. You give me those four guys, I don't think many other people are playing that stack. I love I love the Robbie Anderson call. I, I think just the fact that he's the same price as Will Fuller, too, and you'll get him at extremely low ownership in comparison to him, I think. I think I still prefer Curtis Samuel like in a vacuum, but yeah, Robbie Anderson in tournaments like we mentioned just like so much on the philly side as well for game stack so i think that's a really uh sharp call we've talked kind of a decent amount about um some of the guys at at the top end so i want to stay kind of down here at the this cheap end and this is 
one that's definitely uh, we're going to have to keep an eye on on Taylor Gabriel if he doesn't play. Javon Wims, 3,500. Uh, Tags has kind of got me scared now of uh, Keyshawn Johnson, so I was kind of looking to see what other guys down there are interesting. <laughs> but Wims, like, I mean, I mean, he played a ton last week, every down roll, six, 66 of 70 snaps. Like, we know that this Oakland defense, bottom five in pass DVOA. So I get it. Wims only went four for 56 on five targets last week, but it is the Vikings. So um, I think Wims, especially, like, if, if any of you guys uh, listening are playing preseason DFS, like, if you're not, you should be. Uh, Wims just gets a preseason hero. This guy is a talented wide receiver. So at 3,500, especially if we don't get Taylor Gabriel, I think that Javon Wims is one of those ones I think that we'll see kind of vault up in, in some of these optimizers. Wims is a good call out. I was going to say Anthony Miller as well because they're going up against Oakland. Oakland's given up 28 fantasy points per game to slot receivers. We know Anthony Miller is extraordinarily talented. Now, granted, Wims is going to be on the field more than Miller, but if this is one of those games where Miller gets in the end zone twice, I would not be surprised at all. His ownership is going to be under 1% because he's done nothing this year. Yeah, I don't mind that one either. I think that both of those guys are squarely in play. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just rattle off a few of them. Josh Gordon, phenomenal tournament play this week. You know, he hasn't been doing much, but again, if I like Brady, I have to like Gordon a lot. Uh, him and Dorsett are both good plays. Um, but down, going lower, Kiki QT at 3,400. Uh, people are going to play Hopkins. They are going to play Fuller. Uh, but QT could be that guy to kind of bolster the confidence of Deshaun Watson uh, And as the game goes on. I remember last year, there was like, QT was hurt, and then all of a sudden he came back in the lineup, and he saw like... 14 targets or something like that against the Colts and he racked up a ton of receptions and it's like at 3,400 he's not a bad play and then another one is Trey Quinn so by the way the Patriots are not going to not allow a passing touchdown at all this year like that's gonna happen guys like we we had they had a really good defense last year the Patriots did and that team allowed I think it was 29 passing touchdowns in the season so it's just it's like close to two per game so now that we're through eight weeks there's going to be some like there's going to be some like regression to the mean when it comes to the Patriots and Trey Quinn last week I actually played him in a few lineups at 3k and I was like I felt really good about it and then watching him legit get overthrown on two balls where he the one was a, a surefire touchdown there was nobody within five yards of him it was thrown a couple yards over his head and then uh, another pass a deep ball that went a couple yards over his head where he was open again and so but Trey Quinn if there's a matchup on the Patriots that's the best one to attack it's the slot uh because McCourty and Stephon Gilmore have been like lights out so Trey Quinn Joe, I want to ask you about two players. It looks like Devontae Adams is going to be out. So Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Geronimo Allison, bad matchup against Dallas. But is there a chance one of these guys goes off? Yeah, I think MVS is probably the guy if you did want to go there. I, I haven't really been targeting this this Green Bay team much at all this year. I think that just the, the game environment is, is not great. 5,600, I mean, it's it's a tough price tag for him, I think. Um, so yeah, in tournaments, I, I think that it, it makes some sense for sure. But I'm not really just, I'm not that in on Green Bay in general right now. I need to see a little bit more for them. All right, running back position. Let's get some tournament plays. Joe, you can start us off. Yeah, so I mentioned it earlier, um, Alvin Kamara, 8,600. I think that a lot of people are going to click on Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott in that range. But if we're just talking purely tournaments, like I still want guys with volume in tournaments. I want those guys uh, all the time at the running back position. So uh, Kamara, yeah, it's it's Tampa Bay. I get that. But he could easily get shred through the air and have it not really matter a ton anyway. Uh, if you get him, you're always trying to get these talented players at, at lower at lower ownership anyway. So if he ends up anywhere around like that 5 to 8% range, I think that Kamara makes a ton of sense in tournaments. That's a great one. I, Taz, I got three of them. So go ahead and uh, you can take two of them if you want. No, I mean, James White is one of my favorites. Um, a guy that was targeted 10 times last week. Again, 
knowing that New England is struggling to run the ball, they did they were struggling even with James Devlin, and knowing that he's on IR, uh, they're they're going to continue to struggle to run the ball. It's just not working. So James White will be continually used. Uh, Washington is not Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, the Bills were prepared for that. Basically, every time James White caught the ball, they were in his face, and it was like the design play. So they were continually going to him. I don't think Washington's going to be ready like the Bills are because obviously it's not it's a non-divisional matchup. Actually, the other conference. So this is not a team that sees the Patriots very often. James White should. I, I would say he should see probably eight plus targets. Again, the the reason I'm attacking this game so much is because Brady, we, they've outscored their opponents like legitimately. They've absolutely destroyed their opponents in every single week, with the exception of last week and against the Bills defense. But if they're going to do that and they're going to blow teams out 40 to 7, 40 to 3, whatever it is, and Brady's throwing the ball, he's still throwing the ball 36 plus times per game. You have to find where those targets are going. So James White is one of my favorite tournament plays. That's an interesting one. Okay, here's mine. Joe Mixon against Arizona. Uh, Arizona is better against the run, but Joe Mixon's going to be involved in this game. Could definitely see him breaking a big one. Uh, they've got uh implied total of 25. I'm also going to go with Le'Veon Bell. Mentioned him a little bit earlier. He's, uh, you know, we've seen him have just an absolute ton of touches. This Philadelphia defense is banged up. There's a chance that he gets to 25 fantasy points. And then the last one is Derrick Henry. Joe, I'm curious what you think about this one because Buffalo is really good against the run. You know, Buffalo's likely to keep this game close, but if Tennessee gets out ahead, I think there's a chance Derrick Henry gets himself 20 touches, maybe breaks a big run as well, and nobody is going to use him. Yeah, Derrick Henry always feels like one of those guys, like same with Marlon Mack, that if, if you just catch the wrong game script, like you're completely dead. Uh, so I, I think that, yeah, if you're rolling out a ton of teams, by all means, have some Derrick Henry exposure. Um, if you're not, I think all the guys we've touched on um, would be higher on my board for sure. I actually really like the, the mix and call at 6,100. He's someone that's been a lot more active in the passing game recently as well. So 15 on the ground, but also had five targets last week. So I think if uh, just targeting Arizona, when in doubt, uh, it's a great price at 6,100 for him. Uh, he's kind of right at that same range as Leonard Fournette, who I'm not sure will really take a ton of ownership away. But yeah, both of those guys, I think are going to touch the ball enough to be in play. All right, guys, let's finish out the show by giving our lock of the week and our stack of the week. Joe, why don't you go first with lock of the week at any position for cash games? All right, so uh, my lock of the week, and I, I tend to just go for upside in general. Um, so even though it's a cash game, I'm going to go with Marquise Brown. I, I think that there there is only so much opportunity that can go out the window before he finally comes down with one of these big plays, and they did just miss in the end zone as well. So Marquise Brown, I, I don't think that it's the best price tag, but if people are going to jump off because of, of last week, I, I think this is the time to really jump back on. And, and in cash games, we do need ceiling these days. Like there's a lot of, great information i mean just like you guys in general i guess coming up with this podcast and just it's gotten so big that all these people have all this great information now it didn't used to be like that so um so i i think that marquise brown like when you're trying to build an upside to your lineup i'm trying to do that at the wide receiver position even in cash games these days i'm going with david johnson tags i'm sorry if you were going to take him but he's not just my lock of the week he's the lock of the season so far in my mind his fandle price you're stuck with robbie anderson i'm taking david johnson <laughs> You've stuck me with Robbie Anderson two shows in a row now. I'll take him. Give, <laughs> give me Robbie Anderson. Yeah, David Johnson would be my lock of the week. Yeah, the price that price on FanDuel is crazy. Um, actually, for for cash games, I'm not going to use Robbie Anderson as my stat, as my lock of the week. I'm going to go with Larry Fitzgerald on FanDuel, 5800, 28th most expensive wide receiver, uh, and he's going against the Cincinnati Bengals. So Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, I'm using them both on FanDuel, no doubt about it. All right, stack of the week. This is more for a GPP contest. Joe, why don't you give us one that you're fond of? Sure. Just one that we talked about a lot. Uh, Deshaun Watson to De DeAndre Hopkins and also to Will Fuller. So 
Uh, it is relatively expensive getting Deshaun and Hopkins in there, but I think there's enough savings in other positions to make it work. This, this Atlanta pass defense is just really bad. I think that they're a team that we're going to want to target. I mentioned how much it, I think that it's important to look at the line of scrimmage as well on both sides of the ball. And Deshaun Watson's going to have time this week. And I think that him with time uh, is something that should be scaring people. So I, I think that he's going to be pretty chalky, but I think if you pair all three of them together, like you, I, I think there's enough upside to go around here and hopefully we'll get a little bit on the ground from Deshaun as well. All right, Tags, what's your stack of the week? I would even add in, uh, that would have been my stack too, but I would even add in uh, on the other side, uh, f- like get Calvin Ridley in there in a tournament stack. Like like go with, with an all-out game stack. I mean, I'm sure people are going to attack it, but Calvin Ridley's ownership is going to be down after two bad weeks. And um, I like Julio an awful lot, but let's let's pretend that all of us, that, you know, the Texans are like, we can't leave Lonnie Johnson one-on-one with Julio Jones. We need to bracket coverage. We need to shift uh, our safeties over that way. That means that Calvin Ridley is going to be in man coverage against a, a 30, I think 36 year old and Jonathan Joseph. I mean, he's an older dude. I mean, he was good. He's a former first round pick, but he's in the later stages of his career. And if they trust him in man coverage with Ridley, it's going to be problems for him. So uh, Calvin Ridley coming back with that stack makes sense too. So the Vikings have really been struggling last week. It did not work out so well against the Chicago bears. I'm wondering if they just change things up like, hey guys, we actually do need to pass the ball a little bit. And uh, they've got the great wide receivers, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. Kirk Cousins is going to be owned in less less than 0.5% of lineups. I think there's a chance that Kirk Cousins gets himself 35 pass attempts this week, three or four touchdowns, and Thielen and Diggs go off and nobody has that trio. If you wouldn't have passed on me so fast in the cash game lineup for quarterbacks, I would have told you that Kirk Cousins was like, I would rather much, 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 much rather play Kirk Cousins than uh, than I would play uh, Chase Daniel. And he's only $400 more expensive. I like Cousins. Uh, this I actually have him ranked as like the, I think, I'm pretty sure he's in my top 12 quarterback plays this week. Uh, if like, so game script has been a real thing. And this is another game where it's like game script is, is a problem. But at some point, the Vikings need to build the confidence of this, this past game. Because if, if, if Kirk Cousins doesn't have any confidence, if they don't throw the ball at all, when they get in, 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 in situations where they're going to have to throw the ball, they're not going to be able to. So this is one of those games where I think they can do that against New York. And I think it's like, time to hush the fans because like we're hearing a lot about this digs wanting out of Minnesota. Now we hear Kirk cousins apologizing to Adam Thielen for not targeting him enough. And there's just a whole lot of things going on and you could throw the ball against New York. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Joe, as always, it was a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time to come on. Of course, guys. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Always fun. Uh, kind of catching up with you guys. Uh, tags, uh, keep you up with the good work, man. You guys are doing great stuff over here. Thanks, dude. And don't forget to check out Joe's Instagram channel at Instagram.com slash Joe Hoka. Uh, he's also on YouTube at the same thing. YouTube.com slash his name, Joe Hoka. All right. And I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show, Hooters, where you can go to HootersMoneyBall.com on Monday nights to add an element of excitement to watching football on Mondays. Again, that's HootersMoneyBall.com. And also FanDuel, where this weekend only, you can get a free entry into their Sunday Million Contest with $3 million in total prizes and $1 million going to first place. Just go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyPros or download the FanDuel app. And also Pristine Auction, where some nights they've got thousands of auctions that end, so you're guaranteed to find some great values. Everything's guaranteed authentic from all the most trusted sources. Again, that's PristineAuction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Auction.com. And while you're thinking about Pristine Auction, sign up for our Julian Edelman helmet giveaway that we have going on thanks to Pristine Auction. That's at fantasypros.com slash contest. And by the way, don't forget to check out our new podcast at bettingpros.com slash podcast. Dan Harris hosts it, and he is hilarious. You guys are going to love it. Bettingpros.com. For Joe Holka and Mike Taglier, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. 
I just wanted you to watch me dissolve